burn. Man, do you guys feel that? That is the feeling of the San Antonio market starting to cool off. How much so? Well, stick tuned to this video and let's figure it out. So the question is always the same. How do I get into real estate investing if I have no money? How do I find deals? How do I negotiate deals? How do I find contractors and manage rehabs? How do I get the money to even buy these houses, to hold these houses? How does a rental work? How do you manage a rental? How do you manage tenants? How do you borrow money? How do you borrow money with almost no interest? How are all these things done and how are they done the right way? Well, I am John Barbera, and this is an investor's journey where we share with you how to invest in real estate the right way and how to get into it with no money, how to do this with real tactics that are working today in the market that we're in right now with things that we are personally doing. So welcome to the show. I'm John Barr with an investor's journey, bringing you the best tips, tricks, and strategies to help you succeed in real estate the right way. In this channel, we go over everything real estate that's working in our business, what's working and what's not. So give you the good, the bad, and the ugly. So if you find this information valuable, we would love it if you would give us a like, give us a subscribe. And if you know anybody that might find this information useful, go ahead and share it with them. We sure would appreciate it. With that, let's get into it. All right, here we go. So starting off with the building permits issued in September, we have 1,061 single-family residential property permits. That's a 15.5% increase year over year. Two to four units, pretty abysmal six permits. And that's a 71.4% decrease from this time last year. But it's one of the things when it comes to those type of units, like nobody builds duplexes, triplexes, quadplexes really anymore. It's either big stuff that are commercial or single-family residential houses. Just a, not a popular asset class for new construction. But for the five plus units, we had 425, which is a 93.2% increase from this time last year, which is a pretty substantial jump when you, when you really think about it. Average sales price was up to 351,379. And that is a 14.53% increase year over year. Median sales price is up 14.5% from this time last year to 293,000. So still another double digit price increase, but it not as high as last month when we were sitting at closer to 18% year over year price increases. So now here, what we're looking at is the median sales price over time. And what you're really seeing is the up, down, up, down is our normal sales cycles that eventually we will return to that. Uh, don't, I mean, here with all the stuff that happened last year in 2020 and going in through 2021, uh, prices have really shot that out when it should have really kind of been going down It leveled off and then just really took off like a rocket. But in a normal sales cycle, which we will eventually return to again, you kind of go up in the summertime, down in the winter, up in the summer, down in the winter. And you always get this little blip here. And this is why we track this kind of stuff because we realized that, that this is December closing, everybody trying to buy houses before the end of the year. So these are what you're looking at is November sales contracts, December closings. So it's one of the things like here we have November coming up. If you got rehabs that are coming to fruition, coming to the end of the project, really give a good final push to get them on the market. So you hit this time frame in November, because you can see in December, the prices or January, the prices really kind of fall off. And that is your bottom trough for the last several years. And when prices kind of don't increase the most year over year. So get your mark, your rehabs done, get them on the market for that November timeframe contract to get them sold before the end of the year. 
year-over-year appreciation. I like to track this kind of stuff because I wanted to see what are we doing over time. And you can really see that prior to 2020 and coming out of the last real estate recession after 2008, it took three years for us to really bottom out before prices started increasing again. And there for a solid three years, we were hitting some pretty consistent high numbers. But you could see prices starting to really kind of taper off following a, a slow return to that average 3 4% that they say real estate appreciates until 2020 started, the lockdowns happened, and then all the prices really kind of took off and have been holding over 10% ever since basically July of last year. But these cannot go on forever. And this is why I track this stuff, is I want to know over time, what are we really looking at as far as year-over-year price increases? And I do expect prices do start to normalize and fall back down to some average prices because Real estate prices increasing 12, 14, 18, 20% is not sustainable because wages are not increasing that high. So if prices aren't increasing or wages aren't increasing, prices can't continue to increase at that price, especially if interest rates start to rise or normalize and start to creep up a little bit. It's directly going to impact the price that somebody's willing to pay for a house because it all comes down to the payments on the home. So all of those things affect the payments, the price, the interest rates, and their ability to repay, aka their jobs or your buyer's jobs. Total sales sitting at 3,651, which is a 0.2% increase year over year. So it's good to see that sales are staying high, which keeps pressure on the market as far as uh, increases or decreases. The average rental price, which is being for all your landlords, seeing an 11% increase year over year is good news because with price increases come tax increases, insurance increases, everything that makes it harder to cash flow and maintain the project if rents don't keep up. So we need increased rents. I mean, it, it really, it's kind of a double-edged sword here where all everybody that's in the economy is having to pay more in rent, which puts more press pressure on people and that inflation numbers that everyone's worrying about, but it allows landlords to be able to sustain the houses as prices continue to rise and taxes and maintenance and insurance and all the costs go up. So it allows us to maintain our houses to provide a better product and a better service to our homeowners, owners, and tenants, or not homeowners, but our tenants and residents in our properties. Monthly rents over time, you can really see it follows the same trajectory to where it goes up in the summer, down in the winter, up in the summer, down in the winter. And obviously exclude the last pretty much year and a half, two years of what that looks like. But where we use this stuff in our business is every one of our leases ends right around that March, April, May timeframe to where if we take back a property, then we have the ability to get in there, do our renovations, and hopefully lock in a tenant for a year, two years, right around that highest appreciation area because that is where people are moving around. That's where demand is the highest. That's where inventory drops the lowest and the, the competition heats up. So we want to rent all of our houses between March, April, and May. And do spread them out. Don't do every month because if you had like us, one year we had three, four tenants all leave at the same time, it put a lot of pressure to get all four of those houses rented out, renovated, and back on the market at the same time for us and our business. So kind of spread them out over time a little bit. But this is something that we do no matter when we rent a property the time of year. I've signed nine-month leases. I've signed 17-month leases. I've signed 11-month just to get them to all end around that same time frame. So if I have a tenant move out, I can get it back on the market right here in that summer time frame for those hot months. 
employment numbers. Now, these do go back to August as it's taking a bit for the government to get the information out of for where I pull this. And this is straight from the Bureau of Labor Statistics uh, website. So the, or, or you can go to Texas A&M Real Estate Center to get it from there. So employment in San Antonio is 1.16 million and that is a 0.92% increase year over year. So that is good. That is 2,338 jobs gained from the previous months. Other good numbers. And unemployment dropped down to 4.83. And that is a 0.54% decrease from the previous month. And that is stuff that we want to continue to see fall. And because as people are being laid off and unemployment is rising over a significant period of time, that's not good for real estate prices and that's not good for an economy. And you can really see what, how long it really takes for stuff to go back to normal where they want it around that three and a half to 4% for considered the quote unquote full employment. And you can see that after the last two recessions, uh, prior to 2020, this was the dot-com bubble and this was your real estate bubble. And you can see that it just kind of zigzags up and down, up and down, up and down, but in a downward trajectory. And you can see the huge unemployment spike right there around uh, March, April, May of last year. And you can see it drop off rapidly and it's starting to follow the same exact trajectory as it had done in the last two coming out of last two recessions. So that is why I track this information is I want to see that continual over time, that downward trajectory is the economy is expanding. It's growing. I know we hear about unemployment, all the issues for supply chains and all that stuff, but I do expect if this continues to go down that, or in the downward trajectory, that those things will get better and things will start to get back to your quote unquote normal of what things used to be prior to, um, 2020. So now let's move on to the final piece of information to the months of inventory, but let's go into a little further into what that exactly means. Months of inventory is used as a gauge by real estate investors, professionals, economists, pretty universally of like how hot a real estate market is. So a balanced market between buyer and sellers considered around six months of inventory, between five and six, depending on who you talk to. Anytime that number is below that, it means we're in a very strong seller's market. That means there's so many buyers out there buying homes and not enough sellers that drives that month's inventory lower, which in, in, inversely increases prices just based on the old school economics of supply and demand. So there's an imbalance when you see that number getting as low as it has been, which is why you have seen prices really increase. So I wanna go into that a little bit deeper because it is very important to understand as we get later into the video where we go break down months inventory by zip code M price point. So basically how that is computed, if you took all of the houses that were currently on the market at the beginning of a month, and you take all of the houses that sold in the previous 30 days and divide them into each other, it spits out a number. And that tells you how hot the market is to where if you have a hundred houses on the market on the first of a month, and you have a hundred houses that were sold in the previous month, that means there's only one month inventory. That means that the market is moving very, very, very fast and is very competitive and a lot of people buying and not enough people selling, and that increases prices over time. So with that, keep that in mind as we go through this video, as we get to the price points, so you can really gauge how hot price points are and certain areas of San Antonio. So now we have a bit, little bit better understanding of what months of inventory is. San Antonio is currently sitting at 1.8 months of inventory. So remember, 
anytime below five and six, that five or six months of inventory, that is a extremely competitive market. If you're in the market to buy great, if you're a seller, because that means you're getting multiple offers over asking prices, waiving contingencies because people are, they do know how hot the market is so that they're very acutely aware of that to where if you've been representing buyers or listed a house or been in the investment industry or re retail industry, you know that you are competing fiercely to buy properties. This is a 0.07 months increase from the previous month. So it cooled off a little bit, but not so much compared to like August, 2020, where it was 2.07. So it is cooling a little bit, but it also is very seasonal for this time of year for things to start to cool off a little bit. So this is something to go ahead. Like I said, keep that in mind of that month's inventory, the lower that number, the more competitive it is to be on the buyer side. Great. If you're on the selling side or you own property, cause it's pushing prices up at a very, very rapid rate, which is why you see these price increases for the last like 16 months of double digit appreciation. Cause there's just not enough inventory being supplied to the market for current demand. Hey podcast. Thank you for listening. I hope you're enjoying the show. And if you want to get very exclusive insider tips and strategies that nobody else is getting, then you need to join our text community by texting podcast to 210-794-9898. That's 210-794-9898. Text the word podcast and you will start receiving insider information things that are happening that we're realizing that we're implementing in real time that other people have no access to. So make sure you text us now. Now back to this show. So now let's look at everything by the price range. Uh, I break it down by price range and by zip code. So first we have price range because we use this information is I want to know where the most competitive space is and where the most buyer demand is because somebody that buys, renovates and resells or builds, develops and sells homes. I want to know what price point we really need to be hitting to hit that, uh, most desired area. So now you can really see all of these are extremely competitive. If you're selling anything, even a up under half a million, you're really got a lot of competition. But what we're really looking at here is where is the bulk of the inventory being sold? Remember that 3,600 or 3,300 homes? Look at the price points between 200 and 350. If you add those numbers together, you got almost half of the inventory being sold between 200,000 to 350,000. So for us, that is where we target for our renovations. You can do a less of a rehab and still command a high price. So you can get away with a few things to where it's like, I don't need to spend as much money in the perfect landscaping or the perfect staging or the perfect photos and stuff like that. I can just need to have a good clean house with good presentation and get it on the market. It doesn't need to be perfect as if you're selling like a million dollar house to attract those buyers. And especially for rental properties, like when I'm seeing stuff that's in that price point to where if I'm able to find a deal that is a good price, cash flows, and it holds as a rental property, and it's sitting in that low 200 uh, price point as far as the value goes, like that is a perfect rental property because as these this pressure stays on the market of these low inventories and all the buyers here, it is going to push prices up over time. And if you go back three years, when I started doing these videos, you can tell that things have de definitely shifted because it used to be that hundred to 200, hundred to 250 price point where you saw this kind of sales volume. So it's something that we track 
almost religiously to see like, where are the buyers buying? Where is the most competitive price point? And where do we need to be buying and try to supply inventory to the market to where if we're buying something, it's got a three, four, five, six month lead time to completion. There's a pretty good chance that when we buy it and start renovating it, get to the end, the prices have may have gone up five, 10, $15,000 like we've seen over the last year. The next piece of information that we follow is months inventory by zip code. So now this we use to target for places that we want to buy. Or if I am looking for at a potential property and doing some underwriting to see how good of a deal this is, I kind of go to the sheet and reference like, okay, how hot is this? Because that now directly affects my ability to want to pay to where I might be like, mm, it's a little on the marginal side today, but look, this is sitting in 240. Look at that inventory that is sitting there. That means there's nothing on the market, anything that goes the market is flying off the shelf, which means there's a lot of price pressure to increase in the prices. Tori might be more apt to bid a little higher that five, maybe $10,000 to get that deal. Cause I expect for a property to be worth maybe five or $10,000 more by the time I get done renovating it. If it's a long tailed renovation project. And I do want to point out here, now that I've been doing this long enough that you can see what these low months of inventory, cause we've had historically low months of inventory since I got into real estate basically six years ago. And you can see what over the course of just three years, what this low months inventory has done. Meaning to where if you bought a house in 78240, which is around our medical center district, you for $226,000 in October, 2018 and sold it, that same exact house did nothing to it and put it on the market in what is it, October of 2021, you would have made almost a hundred thousand dollars, you sent ninety thousand dollars in profit from not doing anything besides just holding it and going about your everyday life. And some of these areas have almost doubled in price for their average appreciation. This zero means it didn't prices didn't just go from zero all the way up to that. Uh, you'll see this on the next slide as well. Is I just didn't have enough data to put a number to it three years ago when I had that. So if there's not enough inventory, I do not, um, or not enough sales volume, I don't even bother putting it in this spreadsheet. So here's the top 10 zip codes. And if you are interested in getting the full list between, uh, of all like 65 zip codes, I want you to go ahead and text market to 210-794-9898. And we'll get you a copy of the full list and the PDF of these slides. Now the highest months of inventory. Now this is the Opposite side of it is the highest months of inventory in all of San Antonio. But you ask yourself like, hey, these don't seem like very high months of inventory. Well, we're in a stupid low, historically low months of inventory. So all, everything is basically almost in a seller's market until you get to these like really high price points or the really low end properties that need heavy renovations. So in a normal market, these numbers would traditionally be a lot higher and you can reference other videos to kind of see that stuff and what it looks like over time. But I do want to point out that it just because they're higher months of inventory, they're not bad zip codes to really be investing in because you can still see you do get some price appreciation. You just need to be a little bit more careful because you can see some of these margins from a three-year spread are a lot tighter than the previous ones to where it's like, yeah, price still went up 40 grand, but it wasn't like it's 80, 90, a hundred thousand dollars or doubling in price in a short period of time. So you can see some of these areas do go up a lot, but it is something you do need to watch. So when you analyzing a deal and looking at stuff. And we have other videos on our channel. I encourage you to check out when it comes to running comps, what analysis we do. And this is something we do look at is a month's inventory. How competitive is a certain price point that we're looking to invest in? So 
with that, uh, I want you to take this as a food for thought and really let that sink in about what this inventory level really means over a period of time and how you can implement it into analyzing a deal. And if you are interested in getting this information and you're wanting to get that full list of zip codes, go ahead and text market to 210-794-9898. And we'll get you the full list and a copy of these uh, slides so you can kind of really reference back to this stuff over time. And with that, I really appreciate you guys listening. If you guys have any other uh, people that might be interested, go ahead and share this with them. Would love it if you give us a like and subscribe. Otherwise, we will catch you guys next month.